Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really, truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Divine Throughline. Thanks so much for joining me here on this incredible medium where we are bonding together, gathering, um, connecting, reconnecting with soul family. It's such an extraordinary tool and opportunity to connect and meet again. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm really uh, excited this week because I had a friend drop in, actually a friend of the podcast, Instagram buddy, um, Jill from Delicious, Delicious Journey. It's such a mouthful. It's so full of licious, deliciousness. Anyway, Delicious Journey is here. Um, she actually ended up in California unexpectedly, and we've been spending a couple days together just sharing experience and cooking and uh, spending time together. So I'm really thrilled to welcome her to the show, to Divine Throughline this week. And what I'm going to do, we really didn't plan anything, and it, it has been a crazy day today. I literally was um, photographing the final um, recipes from my cookbook, The Plant Power Way, actually The Plant Power Way Italia, which is being turned in this week. And uh, at the same time, I got a call from school and my daughter sprained her ankle. So we've been trying to fit it all in, parenting, uh, x-rays, uh, homemade ravioli, and some beautiful uh, chicken mushroom piccata. Um, don't get mad at me. It's not really chicken. It's mushrooms. That's called chicken mushroom piccata. So I'd waited the entire season to have those mushrooms in season and I got them from my special vendor. So I was waiting for today to make this dish uh, so it could make it into the book. So luckily I had a lot of help with me today. Jill came to give me a hand. So she made the ravioli dough for me and uh, we were a good team, I think. So anyway, uh, what I want to do is I want to start to share some experience from you guys and some perspective out of this really incredible book. It's called The Second Book of the Tao. And in case you don't know, Tao is spelled T-A-O. <laughs> so it's The Second Book of the Tao, and it's by Stephen Mitchell. It was given to me by my dear friend Colin Hudon from Living Tea. You guys know the source where I get all my puer tea, livingtea.net. Um, it is such, this is like a lifetime classic spiritual book. It's one that you will want to read again and again and again and again. And it's one of those books where each passage, as you develop and as you gain more awareness, it means something different to you. So had I read this when I was 20, it would mean something very different than it does to me now. So it's an extraordinary book. Uh, it's been inspiring a lot of uh, ideas for lyrics for songs that I've been working on. And it's quite a beautiful, expansive perspective on the nature of reality, who we really are. So what I want to do is just open, I'm just going to randomly open to a page in the book. This is a habit of mine that drives my beloved ritual crazy, actually. You can't imagine that I don't begin a book at the beginning page and read from cover to cover. 
Uh, but what I like to do is just sort of open up randomly and then read something and then maybe we'll discuss it and see what comes up. Um, and after that, I asked Jill to um, uh, really play the role of maybe the listener of all of you. Maybe some of you have been following me for you know months on this journey of this podcast and have her ask me questions or ask me perspectives of things that she may want to know. So... Um, I'm going to read this. It's on page 60. I just randomly opened up to it. It says, There is nothing more perfect than the Tao, yet it doesn't seek perfection. When you understand perfection, you realize that there is nothing to seek, nothing to gain or lose, nothing to defend or reject. You return to yourself and find what is inexhaustible. Now, Stephen Mitchell's commentary on this very profound passage of the second book of the Tao is offered as, for most of us, perfection is an idea of what should be. Comparing what is to our idea of what should be, we judge what is as, what is as deficient. But once we get a little sanity going and can tell the difference between reality and our thoughts about it, the habit of comparison subsides and the perfection becomes not abstract but lived. In the first flush of understanding, we may feel drunk with the good news. We may have to pinch ourselves. We may have to start babbling the obvious. In the words of an ancient poet, this is perfect, that is perfect. Perfect comes from perfect. Take perfect from perfect. The remainder is perfect. The unattainable, how close it is. No need to understand it or accept it. No need to look anywhere else or to look for it at all. How can it be lost if it was ours from the very beginning? How can it be found if it was never lost? So if we just take a moment and breathe into that and, and feel into those words, well, I think that's something that is uh, extremely relevant to a human uh, experience. And this fact that we are constantly living in either a future moment or a past moment and rarely living in the present moment. And uh, when we do find ourselves in a present moment, uh, we disturb that present moment by analyzing it or projecting it or comparing it against somebody else's reality. And this brings up in me this uh, kind of theme which really catalyzed and inspired the uh, foundation of the, the course and the spiritual workshop that I'm going to be teaching this year called Beloved. Um, and this is kind of an entire offering that I'm expressing, uh, which is tied to my music video of the song called Beloved, uh, where the lyrics say, Beloved, you must be very near to me now. Uh, I'm crying, I'm dying. So um, the feeling that I get is, is that so much of the time we are telling our own physical body, our beloved soul and spirit, that it is not the right one. If only you had curly hair, if only you had blue eyes, if only you were younger, if only you were taller, if only you could uh, draw differently or sing differently. Um, we're always telling our body 
and our soul and spirit that it's not the right one, not quite, not quite right. And if we just take a moment and imagine if we met somebody we were interested in or someone we cared about or loved, and if we if the conversation that we had with that person that we supposedly loved or cared about with, was always about the fact that, that it was never quite right, that they were never quite it, um, just feel into the destructive nature of that uh, commentary. And I think this disconnection from our bodies is what we are all experiencing a lot of violence in. It's a violence within ourselves. And until we can cultivate peace within our own beings, um, we can't hope to experience peace in the outer world because we are all connected and the inner and the outer are the same. So when we make space for peace, when we make our relationship with ourself the most beloved relationship, the one that is more precious than the most precious child you could ever think of. And from this point of connection and really facing yourself in all of your essence, and that means all the beautiful things and all the ugly things, all the light things, all the so-called dark things, the entire being as one unit. When you love that energy unconditionally and you put it before all things, then the world will meet you in the same space. The world will meet you with that amount of reverence and love and divinity and recognition and you will experience your heart's deepest desires. So one of my main missions this year is to develop within myself even deeper and deeper levels of this self-love. And it's, it's, a, it's, a deep, it's a deep, real, pure love. It's, it's not a superficial love. It's not a, um, it's not a lust. <laughs> it's, a, it's a deep love, the type of love that you would have uh, for the most precious child you could ever you know, imagine in your wildest dreams. And, you know, as Guru Singh has pointed out, and, and we've had this discussion, um, I think it was on the last podcast, there is only one of you in the entire universe, right? Only one. And so if you do not become yourself, if you do not live your true authentic blueprint, then you will have never existed. And so you are so important, it is so important that you be you exactly as you were created and that we all develop this loving relationship with ourselves where we, you know, we are the most important energy. Every decision that is made, every moment that is considered is with what effect and is this in the highest divine alignment for me? So I think that's a, that's a concept that a lot of us get away from. Um, I know that I've had experiences, you know, recently where I've noticed that I'm sitting, you know, spiritually, I can feel a part of myself sitting off to the side instead of in my body. So um, I'm very... Uh, just feel very blessed to be able to explore this. And, you know, it goes on forever. So there is no end point destination. Just like this book, 
that has different meanings as you read it in different phases of your awareness. Um, so is the relationship with self and it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. So there will always be something deeper to discover, something more magnificent to uncover, something more beautiful, uh, to have, uh, in your life. Um, so I just wanted to share that. I really recommend you guys get this book and I'm going to be, uh, referring to it now and again, uh, it gives me a lot of inspiration and a lot of um, opportunity to reflect and it gives me definitely a, a deepening and, and a really beautiful, beautiful experience. So before I let Jill um, flip the mic on me and interview me, <laughs> I just wanted to mention um, that I have my first solo retreat coming up, in case you didn't know. It's on Malta, and it's happening in October, October 12th to the 16th. You can find out about it on my website, srimati.com. The good news is it's a very affordable experience. It's, it's not an all-inclusive destination. You have to get your accommodations and also travel, but it does include the program and plant-based meals. Um, so I would love to meet you there. We're going to go deep. We're going to go into this, actually, exactly what I just talked about, this relationship with self. And so many of this, I, th I believe, so many of us have this going on that's caused a disconnection that is that actually results in different food addictions and different things that are going on. So um, it's really sort of a, a wonderful opportunity to get to know yourself, to reconnect, and uh, and to go deeper. So tickets are at ConsciousCityGuide.com. You can search Beloved Srimati, or you can go on my website and find out more information about that. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, that I have a new music video. If you haven't seen it in, in entirety, go to my YouTube channel, Ananda Srimati, and check it out. It's a very sweet, beautiful piece of art created by the amazing fine artist, Avery Wheelis. And I'm going to be shooting more things with her in the future. And then also, I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, I'm going to be releasing my yoga video in the next weeks. Um, and I'm going to be stepping into more yoga, um, teach them to take a little, little breaky from some food. I've been in the kitchen a long time. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so look for me there. If you're interested in the yoga video, just hang on. It'll be just a couple more weeks and it'll be available for download. And then finally, uh, I have been having so much amazing response to my cheese and I'm putting this out there with you guys because I want you to hold the space for me. I want to ask you a favor to hold the space for me. But uh, my cheese is going to be commercialized. It's going to be a product that's going to be uh, shipped and sold in stores all over the world. And I'm right now allowing the perfect partner to find me. So I'm not doing any um, kind of 3D masculine moves like calling people, but I'm just meditating and sitting in my radiance and my knowing. And whenever I get a chance, I make amazing cheese and serve it. So this past weekend, we had an, a really fun event um, at the Springs, which is a yoga vegan place downtown. And I served cheese to 90 people. And it, I wish I, I just wish I could film their faces because 
they're freaking out. Like they can't even believe that this is vegan cheese. And uh, so that was a really fun experience and felt really good, just energetically adding to the groove of that and what that means. And so for all of you that are wanting, you know, to step into doing what you were here to do, um, really remember the power of that mag- magnetism, okay, where it's a female frequency. And what we do is we do what we love, and then we also cultivate this magnetism, which is basically um, connecting with, with immense presence in your heart and then allowing life to have its way. So you're, there's no heavy lifting here, okay? We've done a lot of heavy lifting, so it's all flow. And so just keep flowing, keep building that magnetism, keep connecting to your heart, feeling the presence, practicing the yoga, the meditation, and, and, you know, know what you want to do. You can have a vision, but, uh, soft, soften around that and create that, that vibration so that you can bring it into, um, into fruition and remembering that, Everybody that is listening to this podcast, you are all masters. You are all the ones we've been waiting for, every single person. And uh, you are needed and you are loved. And, uh, and this is a beautiful time on planet Earth. Um, so let us all uh, stay focused on what our reality is, which is that we are divine beings here to lift, to uplift and lift others. Um, by simply doing what we love, by simply being in our resonance. No, no ideas of duty or service or responsibility or even judging or analyzing what other people are doing. Simply find your vibration and be that fully, completely, and totally. Okay, I'm so thirsty. I hardly drank any fluid today because I've been running around. So I'm going to give Jill the mic and I'm going to drink some kombucha um, along with, it's actually Spike, this is my, co- I'm having a cocktail in the afternoon. It's kombucha, but it has a, a teaspoon of Sun Potion Yin Powder. And Sun Potion is an amazing product line created by uh, Scott and Nitza. And if you haven't found it yet, find it and, you know, get it through the mail, have a little, um, herbal, it's like a little herbal tincture. And this one is, is yin, um, yin power. And they made it in collaboration with women of superpowers. I don't know if you guys followed, they photographed me a few months ago. And, uh, anyway, they're, they're great. So have a little high vibe, extra tincture in your house. And, um, anyway, here's Jill. Hey everyone. Hey, Julie, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and grateful to be here. Um, this is still unbelievable for me to meet you and be with you and be in your presence and even work with you. So nice. Um, it was beautiful what you said, what you shared. I had some tears running down my face and coming to my ears. Um, what I, what I want to ask to this is how because I get this question all the time, I talk about self-love on my Instagram as well. And I realized in my journey that it's so vital and essential. Um, I had so many experiences this past year where I found that I'm still lacking that self-love, that true self-love in a way. I was still having some like old patterns and beliefs that were kind of holding me back and even manifesting as illness um 
And I really want to ask, how do you like? How do you start? How do you how do you like practically cultivate that? Okay, that's beautiful. Thank you for asking that question. You know, I think I think you and I were talking about it the first day we met, and I I want to bring this up a little bit um, for young people and also for mothers who have loved young people um, till our hearts. Um, I want to say burst, but, you know, expand maybe is a better word. But I think that we have to understand that the human experience from a personality perspective is one of um, coming into a body and feeling this deep separation from source, okay? And so ultimately, our entire life is a journey home to God, What, that's what it is. But we come into a life and some of us are rich and some of us are poor and some of us have really amazing loving parents and some of us have overly protective loving parents and some of us have parents that never paid attention to them. And the list goes on and on. And what I think uh, we have to remember is that all of us at a soul level um, before we come into a body, excuse me, I have like com little kombucha. Uh, there we go. Okay, I'm feeling better. Um, before we come into a body, uh, we kind of make a, a plan like in, in our soul essence, like, you know, uh, defining the certain things that we want to learn or that we want to experience or that we want to become. And um, because in a, in a soul form, we are so expanded. We are so multidimensional. And this planet Earth realm is quite special. And it's quite special not because everything's so amazing. It's quite special because of all of the dichotomy and the polarity. And so it provides this fertile ground for us to develop. And as spirits, we understand what that is. Now, I think what happens to a lot of us is that we kind of bite off a lot, like in that form, we get, we, you know, we're very optimistic or we're like, yeah, I want to conquer that. Or I want to, you know, I want to overcome this or overcome that. And then we get in these human bodies and we feel so lost, so separated, so misunderstood, so affected by the severity of some of the things that we experience in the system um, that I think many of us turn to drugs, to eating, to, you know, all different kinds of addictions. Um, I wouldn't say that addicts as a, like, as a group are necessarily immature, lose, you know, immature, be I'll just say immature beings, because many of them are magnificent artists that are so sensitive that they, they can't, like, the, the ways of the world are, it's so painful to them. So what I learned as a, you know, as a mom, I would say that I never wanted to be a mom. I didn't grow up wanting to be a mom. I was the youngest of five kids. And with the boy's dad, we were madly in love and married for five years before we had kids. And for those five years, we weren't even sure we wanted to have kids. But when I became a mother, I then, I, ha I actually had to learn how to play with my children because I never babysat. I didn't know anything. I had to make my own way. And then I would say that I discovered that I'm very much a mother. That is a very big thread. It's a very big um, force in my life, in who I am, the essence of who I am. And, and 
even though, you know, I raise my kids with intimacy, with um, respect, with understanding that they live thousands of lifetimes, with, you know, as much, I would say, just respect, you know, respect for who they are, that I still, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect, obviously, I'm not a perfect human being, nobody is, so they still will have um, a separation from what I showed them. Part of their journey is to separate so they can feel themselves. So if they always had everything great and balanced and spiritually aware and like great food and, you know, they, you know, their parents didn't drink and we were meditating or whatever, the whole journey of the human being is to go push those edges, is to experience itself. And that's really hard to accept as a mother, especially when I, I think of like age 10 as the golden age. Um, you know, all the ages are golden, golden age. But at age 10, I think the being, like at least my boys, like they just, like they just, they, they knew everything. They had everything figured out at age 10. Like in a way they were more advanced at age 10 than they are now. Like they've separated more now than they did then because they were confident they were free in their creative expression they were engaged they were like they were and so i've seen you know a different they're going through their own aspects they're just becoming themselves you know and they have to find it for themselves so um so i think we have to understand that when we're looking at supermodels like any supermodel that you meet guaranteed they will always say that they felt ugly their whole life, right? I mean, it's a, it's kind of a normal thing. And it's like, you know, all of, a, I think it, again, we have to understand it's the condition of the human, okay? So once we know that, then we can say, well, you know, the personality can say, well, uh, I don't have, you know, a good relationship with men because, see, I didn't have a good relationship with my father. See, we, we always try to connect it back to whatever the life that we have, almost like it's a con our condition is a result of the fact of the inadequacy of our home condition. But if we stop that nonsense and we go back to, no, you are, you're a creator God. You made it. You set it up that way. So you set it up that way. So it's for you. It's all happening for you. Every part of your life is happening for you. So in my case, I didn't have a good relationship with my father. My father was there for me physically, but we were not kindred spirits. I found out many years later that I have in my Vedic chart, which is basically your design, your blueprint of your life, the astrologer looks at me and he's like, you have no possibility of a good relationship with your father. I'm like, I know that's true. And he looks at me back and goes, I know I'm reading your plan. Like every time he tells me something, I go, yeah, that's true. He looks at me like, you know, you're not very smart. I'm looking at your blueprint right in front of me. Like I know I'm right. <laughs> so in, in different things in this blueprint that were really interesting, like the fact that my husband is very strong and has a celebrity aspect to him and is very physically fit, okay? This is, he's never met Rich. Like this is an Indian man that, it is in my chart. That's the, the funny, funny thing about it. So 
once we understand that it's all for us, we can transform and transcend these issues and rise through them. So um, now, you know, at the age I am now, now I can look back at my trajectory with men and I can see that a lot of it was informed by the fact that I had no fatherly connection, right? And this includes like a very destructive part of my life where I was having a lot of promiscuous sex at a very young age and just very hurt by it because I, because, you know, sex is a very intimate, sacred, sacred act. It's not nothing. It is so not nothing. So now I can look back and see that, but through, you know, throughout those years, I, you know, I had, you know, I, many, many things. I mean, I think my way was just to sort of suppress it and sort of just put it on the side and not look at it and just forge ahead, you know, and then later I had to look at it and I had to forgive myself for treating myself that way and have to understand, you know, I'm sure there are you know, there, there, there are men that remember that I don't, that I don't remember from that age. And I'm certain of it. But the fact that I have courageous enough to face it, it has no hold on me. You know, it's like, yeah, that happened. So, you know, so there you go. So I guess what I would say is that's the, the first thing is to understand that you are a creator. And so when we do that, we can stop being the victim and spend a lot of time in that pain body. And this is why, you know, I think yoga and meditation or in my own experience, yoga and meditation has been so expansive for me. I mean, these practices give you shelter in, in these, in all times, really all times of life. It's just phenomenal. And by taking responsibility for it, you can overcome it. So I would say that I had this experience with my dad. Um, I've been married three times. Uh, I do not uh, consider that a failure in any way, <laughs> you know, at all. Uh, they were all steps in my mastery, steps in my evolution of becoming who I am, of being able to talk to you from this point of awareness, of being able to... Um, to sit with you and understand your suffering, you know, those are important things. Would I live it again? God, no, please, no. <laughs> uh, but I think that, you know, that's the first thing. And to understand that it doesn't matter where you've incarnated or what circumstance you've incarnated, um, you know, you're, you're not immune. You just, you are not immune in this realm to, um, you know, to these experiences. And so, um, so that would be the first one. And then the second one that I would say, a really powerful one, is to sit in front of a mirror about a foot away from your face and look at yourself for a very long time and trace all the lines of your face, your, eyeball, your eyeballs, your nose, your cheek, you know, caress your face and start to get familiar with who, who this being is, you know, like that intimately where you, you are saying things like, I love you and thank you. Thank you for being alive and healthy. Or if you have a headache, thank you for the headache. Thank you for the communication. If there is an imbalance in the body, the body's trying to tell you something. 
So the body is a living organism and, and I get, I'm getting very deep with it. Like there's an entire conversation that I'm having with different parts of my brain. And do you know, like there, I know of, of individuals who have had severe brain damage to the point where, you know, they thought they were going to be a vegetable and they were in a coma and they asked one part of their brain who doesn't handle motor, you know, motor motions to please go and step in and take over the motor motions for the other part of the brain. And it did. And the person healed and is like a teacher now. So our organs are living organs. They're alive. They have consciousness. So if you have an imbalance, you examine the talk, the conversation that you are having with that organ. Examine that and start there. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing, uh, beautiful, beautiful opportunity for all of us to be fully here. And the reason this is so important, especially right now, between these two uh, e eclipse gates, um, we are meant to be walking our divinity in these bodies. So there was a moment on planet earth where it was all about getting out of the body and going in a cave and, you know, floating somewhere. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to be in these bodies fully, fully, fully activated with all that we are. And, um, I think the, you know, very powerful key is, is really establishing this self love, um, in a very intimate way, a very, very clear, intimate way. And then beyond that, it comes to open communication between all of the organs. Like if you imagine your body as a map or like a station um, of like different energies going to different stations, you want to visualize your whole body open, no blocks in those channels. So I think in, in yogic terms, they say there are like 72,000 nadis. Could be 72 million. See, I have no idea. But anyway, those channels open and communicating. So full open communication within the entire being. So that was kind of a long answer to your question. Thank you. That was beautiful. Um, another question that I have is, so I think right now it's a really, really intense time on planet Earth. Um, and from my own experience and from a lot of messages that I get online, I feel like there are also a lot of really sensitive people right now. And how can someone who's so, so highly sensitive protect themselves right now, but at the same time also be themselves fully and like give their sensitivity that is maybe so needed right now as well um, to the world, but at the same time not get hurt? Um, well, at this, at this certain level of awareness, um, again, I'm a, I'm a very big fan of learning how to seal your energetic field. So it's understanding that you are more than a human body. And if you are very sensitive and you take no care of your boundaries of, of, you know, moment of like activating your light and, and, and putting a, putting yourself into a container, 
there are so many energies that are flooding into this realm now, even more than ever existed, that can't be seen with our human eyes. And if you're highly sensitive, you're susceptible to picking up just, you know, debris, just attachments, energy that's not yours. So really, uh, you know, going back and listening to one of the episodes of my podcast where I do some sealing techniques and practice it on a daily basis. I mean, when I first learned the first technique, which was a 12D shielding technique from Lisa Renee, um, a galactic emissary who's an extraordinary uh, being, um, I did it every morning and every night for about seven years. And what happens is when you do it, and I'm not saying you'll have to do it that long, but I'm just saying you'll you'll develop a, a language with it and then it turns into its own thing. Then it'll, you know, it'll start to maybe be more unique to you. But at least, um, you know, I just have to say, like, if the world's ending, you know, I'm connected to, you know, the guardian races and, you know, Lisa, you know, it's like they're like a top, top shelf source. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah. Uh, learn to manage your field, understand thoughts or things. Why do you think you feel completely, you know, debilitated when somebody really, really is sending you bad vibes? You know, uh, well, cause it's something. So understand what's going on. And the other thing that I would say too is, um, a lot of things are going on in this planet that are very, very horrifying. And, um, we can't get lost in watching that. So we have to remember that what we put our awareness on is what is cultivating our experience. So I'm not saying to not know that those things happen. We can know that those things happen, but then understand what is your part. Like what is your divine design and, and what are you meant here to do? So like maybe in your in your experience, Jill, like maybe you know, maybe you know that there's so many animals suffering and that that makes you debilitated, you know. However, you understand that your role is more in, you know, the food or the emotional issues. Um, it's okay. You don't have to go in, you know, we need it. We need people just doing their true divine design wherever they are. And if we open ourselves empathically to all the horrors that are going on all the time, you know, we might not get out of bed, you know, so um, it's a difference, again, the, kind of the saying in the, in, you know, on the spiritual streets are, it is, you know, do you want to be a healer, or do you want to be a garbage can? Or do you want to even sort of more evolved is do you want to be authentic? Or do you want to get bogged down by other energies that are not aligned to you. You know, that would probably be a more expanded way because even as we evolve through these gates, the whole role of healer is sort of, you know, it's going to become obsolete because when you're in your own vibration, you need nothing. You're just connected to source. So, um, you know, I'm kind of like balancing that moment because you know, I still, I still need it from time to time. And I, and I'm understanding too, that a lot of people just don't have a language or a process to, um, clear attachments or to get traumas out of their field. You know, you know, it keeps coming up. And the other aspect of this is that, you know, we have thoughts and, and mind programs that are being projected at the planet 
that your mind picks up. So start to watch your mind and really understand that you are not your mind and understand that if some bizarre thought comes into your mind, you know, who, where is that thought coming from? And um, if you stay neutral and just don't attach to it, you know, it's just a, it's like a computer. Your, your real mind is your heart. Your real divine intelligence is your heart and it's a feeling mechanism. And the mind is great because we need it to like arrive to places on time and, you know, do some practical things. But in general, uh, heart is going to, it's going to keep you safe. It's going to, it's going to take you where you you need to go and give you the true communication that you're desiring. Okay, then I also have a question maybe for people who are looking for sources. So you mentioned the book, the second book of Tao. Um, do you have some more books that you would recommend for people to check out maybe and to help on their spiritual journey? Well, for sure, um, you got to read Autobiography of a Rogi, of a, of a Rogi, listen to me, of a Rogi, uh, Autobiography of a Yogi uh, by Yogananda. It's just a wonderful uh, life story, really, and sort of opens you up to the possibility of that things are not what they seem and that things that seem completely impossible um, can actually materialize and happen. So that's a really beautiful book. Um, from that, Oneness by Rasha. It's a channeled work that I read during my nine-year dismantling. And it kind of describes like a human dismantling and things that happen and then gives you some context for it. So I found that book to be super, super helpful. Um, and then I guess I'm going to give uh, a website, which would be um, thinkwithyourheart.net. It's Lauren Gorgo. And she's on the East Coast, I think, of the U.S. And um, I think she's connected to the Palladians, so it's a race of off-planet beings, but she is very wise and very accessible, um, and I love the way that she writes, and it's always good to get her newsletter update. And the other person that I'm going to mention again is Lisa Renee. Her website is energeticsynthesis.com, and it's really deep very, very useful. She has thousands of tools and techniques on that site that can be used for all different kinds of things. Um, it doesn't have to be your, I mean, she really is holding a space for people that are, um, you know, doing things like planetary grid work and clearing portals. And like, it's quite, it's quite starseed multidimensional. Um, so if you're, if you're not into that, then, you know, it's stay more simple. But if you are feeling the connection, um, I don't miss a monthly call. <laughs> so I, th I think that that's, you know, that's kind of it. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in the mix right now. And uh, again, just yoga, all the Bihar School of Yoga books, those books are phenomenal, just incredible. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mention two very obvious pe people. Um, go to gurusing.com, definitely. And, you know, he's just always just like a breath of fresh air, shot of inspiration. Uh, someone who uh, definitely picks you up uh, with every single offering that he gives. 
and also for pure Vedic um, lineage practices, if you're into that, you can go to um, hansaveda.org and listen to Swami Vidya Dishananda. Very, very pure offerings on the Vedas, and you won't get anything more pure than what he's offering. So I guess that's about it for right now. So I think that's it for the questions. Those were amazing questions, Jill. I should have you on every show. It'd be so good. Um, so anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, I am off to Malta next week. My plan is to record a few podcasts, so to keep you company while I'm gone. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, just know I'll be back in late October. And um, I just look forward, you know, September in spiritual terms is really the new year. Um, I think it's Rosh Hashanah tomorrow, actually. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a new time of year. And I really feel this to be an extraordinary time on planet Earth. And we have to remember to find the joy, to celebrate, to understand what is really happening. And what is really happening is we are reclaiming our consciousness for the first time in thousands of years. And so we all signed up to be here right now. So let's start living our true life and our true authentic resonance and, you know, understand the, the beauty, the joy, the privilege and what is really happening at this moment. Um, there is nothing more powerful than a human being connected to the truth of who they are. And uh, no one can say how it's gonna go down exactly, but all I know is that there is nothing that's gonna stop us. So thank you so much for being a part of this movement, for your love, your support, um, your donations. And uh, until next week, I'm sending you and your family so much love and so much grace and beauty. And uh, who knows, maybe Jill will still be here the next podcast. I don't know. All right. Have a beautiful week. Namaste. Be love. Be you. Be Be true I'm yours You'll see Be love Be free